Welcome into the Esports Network podcast where we discuss anything, everything esports related, whether it's, you know, the latest in uh, a new startup coming up for a media company covering esports, whether it's uh, a new, you know, platform for tournaments for for esports. We cover that too. And also we cover, you know, the latest uh, in startups and 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 the greatness that is the business of esports. And here to help me do that today, please welcome in Nick Bucalaris. He's the founder, the CEO, and the CTO of Grin Gaming. Nick, thank you for coming on and I appreciate you taking the time out of your very busy uh job positions to come on the show and, and talk with us today. I've always got time for you, Kevin. Oh, I, you know what? You're, you're 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 greasing me up here. I appreciate it. I really do. But uh, this show is all about you for the most part. So we got to talk about Grin Gaming. Uh, for people who don't know, that's a real time fantasy sports platform. You you help develop. You, you throw off the ground. Let's you know sports and esports fans kind of win money by predicting live action events as they happen, and then they kind of compete against each other in skill based contests. And it's it's really an interesting concept, and I'm 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 interested to see how you actually implemented that. But for people who don't know you, Nick, you you are an experienced uh, engineer developer. I mean, I mean you you're pretty much the tech savvy guy in this this industry right now. Like I said, your job titles are various and wondrous. And I mean, for people who don't know you, how would you describe yourself in like a I a 60 second resume um i would say i'm a uh, deep tech nerd um i've been uh, plumbing the depths of the sort of back end of the engineering world for almost a decade and doing kind of uh obscure stuff i guess you could say but it's all been very great experience um, for developing the uh, the real time platform that you just so eloquently described. I mean, it's it's from what I'm seeing on it, it's it's just, it's an interesting concept, and I'm I'm happy to see that this is something that people are, are starting to explore more this kind of platform. And you're really leading leading the uh, the trail here. You're trailblazing it, but I mean. So you're looking at your resumes really quick for people who don't know. You worked at you know Chicago Board of Trade. Apple, you you led machine learning departments at various different companies, and so you're you're very much like you said deep into this this tech. What experiences led you to start Grin Gaming uh, when it launched? Like it was was it last year, I believe. You know, yeah, you you, you you leave it behind. Twenty twenty. You leave it. You leave your previous position behind. You start Grin Gaming. What led you to that conclusion to start that up? Well, you know, um, as you said, I used to work at the Chicago Board of Trade doing uh, high frequency and computerized trading. Um, you know, I'm a trader at heart. I will bet on anything and everything and uh, turn every ping pong game into a, uh, into a competition. And so, you know, whenever I'm watching uh, sports games or TV shows or esports tournaments, I'm Constantly asking myself, what's going to happen next? I bet they'll get that kill. I, I bet, you know, Steph Curry's going to make that three. I, I bet the Clippers are going to win the tip off. Um, and, you know, I figured I wasn't alone. And so really, in many ways, I created this platform um, for myself and for my friends, right, as a way to um, put our money where our mouth is at every beat of the action. Um, and so at Grin Gaming, we allow users and viewers to predict every play, literally. Um, so every 10 to 20 seconds, you get a new question that's pertinent to the next outcome. And you're able to, um, to, to just predict how the game will unfold. You're not predicting the outcome, per se, 
um, but you're predicting the performance of players, teams, offenses, defenses, uh, different um, plays or um, game setups. Um, so, yeah, in many ways, it was just a, a, a way to satisfy my own, um, you know, thinking during uh, live events. So uh, it's funny you mentioned that. I mean, obviously, we don't just start up startups because like, you know, we feel like it. Uh, but I mean, there, there must have been something that you saw that others might have missed that they weren't really looking at. What kind of niche did you did you really hope to fill when starting up Grin Gaming? Well, we're really standing on the shoulders of giants here. Um, DraftKings and FanDuel um, were were genius in their pioneering of fantasy sports and and really what we call today daily fantasy sports. Um, they carved out the legal framework. They uh, created the, the interactive, um, you know, roster selection. And so, you know, I thought, how can we take the um, you know, incentive structure that DraftKings and FanDuel have, have clearly proven there is a demand for in the market how can we take those and apply those on a micro scale, right? Mm -hmm. So instead of creating a uh, lineup and and making um, fantasy picks once for an entire game, how can we allow the user to predict every play in a fantasy setup and um, get the uh, marginal engagement increase that comes from having some skin in the game that uh, fantasy sports and daily fantasy sports have um, created, right? By, you know, they've boosted viewership for the NFL um, for, you know, you know, less popular games because if you've got one of those players on your team, you're going to watch the game that you wouldn't have otherwise watched. I thought that was brilliant, right? Mm-hmm. And so I thought, how can we apply that in- incentive structure to um, not just a game, but every single play, Right. And how do you do that? Well, you allow the user to monetize their um, consciousness or their prediction on a play by play basis rather than a, a player by player basis. Right. And so uh, it's interesting. You, I mean, I know you, you, you said you stood on the, on the shoulders of Giants with DraftKings and, and FanDuel, uh, but they just recently, I think, did they just only started covering uh, as well? adding esports uh, but for for i know for grin primarily the the sports outcomes were kind of the the big thing at first and then you moved into esports what did esports offer i mean was it just like another another path for you to kind of like yeah we'll, we'll add this as well it, it'll it'll help our, por- our portfolio out a little bit but is that really just uh it was something more to esports that you saw that you could really implement yeah so our history with esports goes way back it was actually the first i mean we started as an esports company Mm -hmm. um because you know i thought it was very um cool that we could get the live twitch feed right in the app and you could you know make these predictions directly adjacent to the video feed and um you know it'd be an all-in-one experience well, what we didn't know at the time was that, you know, e- esports, real-time esports data is very unreliable. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not as mature as a data marketplace as traditional sports are, say. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we had to kind of step away from that a little bit. Um, 
you know, as we built the, our NFL product, um, you know, we realized that there were some persistent issues with the uh, CSGO and League of Legends and Dota 2 data we were getting from a data provider who will not be named. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it was, um, you know, it's just a little bit less mature, which I don't think surprises anybody, right? The mm-hmm. industry itself is, is um, you know, nascent and growing. Um, and I think it's just, you know, in general, a few years behind the traditional sports industry or industries. Um, and the, the data side of that is no different. Um, so, you know, we're huge fans of esports. We love that we can integrate the, the live video feed for the tournaments right in the app. It's super fun, super engaging. It just gets a little bit more challenging um, with um, inconsistent data. And it requires a little more engineering on our side to, to um, recover from data issues. Yeah, it's just that's just kind of the the casualty of being a, a, such a new industry in, in this in day and age. You know, just esports data isn't really something that hasn't been explored too much. But hopefully, with companies like yours kind of leading the way as well, it's something that we can really kind of solve moving forward. But obviously, you're geared more towards the technology and, and implementation of of those programs. I mean, just how tall a task was it to roll out Grin Gaming as a platform for you and, and your team of of engineers and developers? Well, <laughs> I've been working on this for four years, um, and I'm a 10x engineer. Um, so I've written a lot of code for this, and so have many others. It's um, it's never easy dealing with real time data, right? Mm-hmm. You know, data is not perfect. Um, you know, it, 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 there's either um, you know, on the sports side, the data comes in through um, human ingestion, right? So there's um, statisticians who are entering the data at the arena in real time. They've got tools and stuff, but, you know, they get things wrong occasionally, mm-hmm. right? A bad piece of data will come through or, um, you know, an in- in- incomplete play will come through. Um, you know, on the esports side, there's also technical glitches that come from the publishers, um, so, you know, in, in terms of a, um, an academic problem, yes, it's very challenging, right? We mm-hmm. have multiple pieces of proprietary machine learning that do t- things like context determination. So we know which question to ask. We do um, on the fly odd setting for these proprietary questions using online machine learning and um, constant error correction. Um, and those are all very, I mean, very challenging problems. But once you release them to the wild and subject them to the foibles of, of real-time data, um, it becomes an entirely parallel problem, right? To mm-hmm. maintain this incredibly complex machine learning architecture while you know um, feeding it is sometimes bad or incomplete or missing data. So. Um, you know, there are systems on systems on systems um, to have a fully redundant fault tolerant system that actually provides a consistent um, uh, user experience with high uptime. Um, so, you know, it, it is extremely challenging. Um, and to anybody, you know, listening to this who is thinking about creating something similar, um, 
just come work for us. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great way to, to pitch a job opportunity to somebody. But uh, I mean, obviously, in terms of just the, the mass raw data processing you guys do, it's, it's incredible. I mean, that, I'm sure that first year had so many major challenges. But I mean, what was the single biggest challenge you remember in, in this first year of Gurney Gaming where you're just like, man, that was like our, our, our make it or break it moment in terms of just getting this technically solved? Um, probably the Super Bowl. Um, you know, we had um, thousands and thousands of people flock to the site for that. Mm-hmm. Um, we were basically not prepared for all of the volume. And so, you know, we had uh, tens of thousands of dollars running through the system um, per quarter and our servers just could not handle the massive volume of, of or influx, I should say, of users. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, as uh, the weekend was choking his way through that uh, halftime performance, we were uh, monkey patching so many things in the back end. And oh, goodness. Just uh, upgrading servers and provisioning new hardware and, um, you know, finding performance optimizations in code and, it was crazy. And so, you know, we thankfully got everything back online and had a great um, second half and, you know, our, our users were happy, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm grateful that, you know, we now have a larger engineering staff who, who is more proactive about um, bursts and volume and, and activity. And so, you know, we thankfully again have more redundancies in place to handle these things, but uh you know, that memory is uh, seared into my mind. <laughs> no, that's a good, that's, that's kind of the, the moments that kind of make you right. As, as in terms of just making your, your team stronger, making you a, a better kind of have that, be, that better foresight moving forward into these bigger events, like, like the Super Bowl. Cause you know, I don't think anybody would blame you if uh, you, know, you had troubles during one of the biggest games on television and sports broadcasting. Right. But you know, aside from the, from the technical difficulties you, you, you experienced with the Super Bowl and you know, the, the triumphs you've had after that, um, how, how difficult was it to get, you know, people like investors on board? Was it more of a, like a, like a difficult process or was it simply just kind of grinding it out? We'll do some, some cold calls and then they'll, they'll come to us eventually. They'll see the product and they'll, they'll know what they'll see and they'll, they'll come on board. Well, <clears throat> I'm an engineer. And so my first instinct is always to build. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I've been raising money for this for years, basically, um, unsuccessfully. So for the first majority of it, um, and I was told, you know, that's a nice idea you got there, but, um, we need to see the metrics. We need to see the revenue. We need to see the user growth. And so, you know, every time I I was told something like that, um, by a couple investors, I would go, you know, build out the feature that we needed to on the product side to generate the metrics that were missing um, from the request from the investor, then we'd go back and then it'd say, okay, it's nice progress. Let's see a little more. And it was this constant kind of leapfrogging of, um, you know, a bit of a shifting target, which, you know, I've got my own qualms with the, um, you know, investor side of this industry um, but you know, we kept on building and growing and, 
um, meeting these demands um, with really no money. Um, and it was hard. It was, it was really hard and it was, it was touch and go there for, for a little while, but, um, you know, I had a team, uh, you know, surrounding me of, of friends and, and colleagues who were putting in sweat equity for, for years, um, you know, day in and day out. And I, I could not have done this without the dedicated team of folks that were with me from, you know, day two. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they lifted me up when I was feeling down and vice versa. And then we found our first investor, um, Carrie Ransom and Kyle Camrus of Operate Venture Studio in Costa Mesa, down here in Orange County. And, um, you know, they took a, they took a long shot on us um, at an early stage about a year ago. And um, they've been incredible partners ever since then. Um, you know, we really could not have done it without um, Kyle and Carrie of Operate. And so we're incredibly grateful that we crossed paths with them. And, and since then, you know, things have, have just kind of fallen into place. And, you know, the money we got went to good use. We've, you know, we've, we're on our way to acquiring um, 100,000 users um, by the end of the quarter. And uh, we're doing around $50,000 in revenue per month. So, um, you know, our, our assumptions are being uh, vindicated. And, um, you know, it's just, you know, the fundraising part is, is a constant um, job, though. But uh, that's the job of the CEO, the loneliest job in the world. I mean, CEO, CTO, founder of, of Green Gaming. It's it's a it's a very lonely mountaintop you found yourself on. So <laughs> I think you've done pretty well for yourself in terms of uh, somebody who's, whose main background is engineering and, and developing and machine learning and all that. But uh, I mean, honestly, it's it's your story is not an uncommon one, right? It's something that a lot of startups have to face these challenges, and, and I feel like you've you've met these challenges head on. And like you said, the sweat equity put into this was uh so there's a lot uh, a big long bill of sweat equity. We'll we'll say that right. For the most part, though, I, you guys have come out of it triumph, triumphant, I would say. Uh, you you kind of blew my next question uh, wide open, but I was going to ask you pretty much like, what is the the state of uh, the state of the union, if you will, for Grin Gaming? Like, what's what's the the the, the current state of Grin Gaming? How's it looking for you so far? I know you're, you're on, like you just said you're on the up and up, but for the most part, how would you say is it just uh, like a, a slow and steady thing? Mostly working on things in the back end, or are you trying to get things moving forward and expand to other leagues, other scenes uh, in esports and and you know traditional sports as well? Well, we're always expanding into new content. Um, that's the beauty of the platform we've built. Uh, we, we plug in a new real-time data source and we have an automatic product, right? We, mm-hmm. It takes us a couple of days to wire things up. Um, but once the real-time data is flowing, um, we have the fully automated, contextually driven prop wagering sequence with real-time AI-driven odds out of the box. We've built a true trading platform, high frequency trading platform that just integrates with data seamlessly. So we're launching uh, MLB probably next week, uh, WNBA two weeks after that. And uh, I'm very excited to announce for the first time publicly that we will be launching our own cryptocurrency in about two or three weeks called SmileCoin. Um, It is a first of its kind um, ERC 20 coin that is going to act as a portfolio for all of your uh, wagering, prediction, fantasy sports um, platforms. 
and you can see a unified view of everywhere that you're transacting in Smilecoin, your profit and loss analytics, um, and your performance over time. So we're very excited to to launch this Smilecoin and um, to to grow the Smilecoin network. And um, everybody will be uh, hearing and learning more about that in the next few weeks. That is that is awesome, and I'm I'm sure we'll we'll uh, have an article about that uh, on our website, the theesportsnetwork.com, talking about cryptocurrency because you know we we love cryptocurrency here at the esports network. And so I hear a new one, I'm like, well, my ears are perked up, and and that's definitely yeah. one that's got me interested. As somebody who's uh, who's not just in esports, also into traditional sports. You said you know you're launching MLB in the next few 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 a few weeks, and I'm just like, all right, well, I know where I'm signing up next. So that's that's yeah, my angle. It's going to be a uh, it's going to be amazing, man. You can predict every pitch, every at bat, every half of the inning, every you know um, everything. So it's it's going to be uh, really fun, and I think it'll be our best product yet. Honestly, I think MLB is is perfectly geared for for it, for for your platform. Perfect. It's just literally stop and go. You have moments to kind of figure out the information coming in, and it's it's the the, the stats. It's a game of stats for the most part. So it's, it li- it's a game of stats. It's the perfect game for the you know the developer and the mathematician and everybody. But <laughs> for the most part, I know this is of course this is an esports show. You know, I hate to be the bear bad news. We do have to talk about esports, right? <laughs> so. You're you're a trader by uh, by heart. You want to trade anything and bet on anything you'd like to, right? You you will go into you know developing your own kind of algorithms and, and programs. Your what was your very first reaction to hearing that people were making money essentially off of video game competitions and making content off video games? <clears throat> it's about time. Really? Um, you know we. Uh I, yeah, I can speak for myself and, you know, my friends, I've been fascinated with video games my entire life. And I know that it's the same way on the other side of the globe as well. Um, there's just something so evolutionary and real about connecting to a virtual world and expanding your brain. And so, you know, it's a natural evolution that, um, there's the competitive side that emerges from all of that and the entertainment side and the social side. And so um, I think it's great to see, um, you know, more of a traditionally underrepresented group of the population come to the forefront, um, gamers and, um, you know, nerds like myself, um, you know, get a little more love on ESPN. I think that's always a good thing. Um, and I think that we're going to see major um, growth in esports as, you know, the art develops, as the, um, you know, storylines develop. I think Fortnite was huge for the industry. Um, everybody can, can appreciate the art in Fortnite and the <clears throat> Battle Royale format. And I think as um, the games start to um, really tickle people, in different, more creative ways and not just sort of war games and things like that. I think we're going to see more of your non-traditional gamer dip their toes in and say, you know, I like playing this game and hell, you know, I like watching the best player of this game in the world. And you know what? I'd like to watch the best players compete against each other and see how I stack up against them. So I think as the games evolve, um, you know, that will really drive the evolution of the esports industry and, you know, all of the um, tangential industries uh, around it. 
No, I, I agree wholeheartedly. It's it's a it's a great outlook for e, for uh, esports and gaming in general. The next you know decade, the twenty twenties, look to be the, the the heydays of of gaming. But let's talk about uh, the future of Grin Gaming, right? Let's say five, maybe ten years down the road. I know that's like a you know that's that's in, in our industry, it's kind of like ten years. It feels more like a hundred years from now, right? Mm-hmm. But what do you see Grin Gaming f- uh, looking like for you in ten years? Is it going to be you know? Uh, the most expansive, you know, uh, fantasy platform out there, right? You can bet on almost anything you'd like to. You can literally make predictions on anything relating to esports, sports, college. What's the 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 big thing for Grin Gaming in five, ten years? Grin Gaming will be the Twitter of live content. So, Twitter is the home of real time information. Um, Grin Gaming is a home of real-time content. Uh, you go to Twitter when you want to get a news update, when you want to post an update, when you um, want to see, um, you know, a live tweet from a presidential debate or a, a press conference or a bombing, God forbid. Mm-hmm. Um, you, and in the future, you'll go to Grin Gaming when you want to uh, <clears throat> watch the Oscars or the Bachelorette or, um, you know, a League of Legends tournament, right? When you just want to check in on something, you can go to Grin Gaming, you can watch the content, you can enter into real-time chat about what's going on, and then you can enter a contest or two, make a few predictions. You know, when you feel conviction about something, you can put some money down and say, I bet that will happen you know, adjacent to watching the content and, you know, um, right next to a real-time chat of other people who are discussing that um, live content in real time. So, you know, we are going to be the, um, you know, the Twitter or the YouTube for um, live events. Um, You know, Twitch has got their own thing, which is kind of first-person, you know, content, um, you know, but we want to we want to be that for uh, corporate media. I mean, I, I look forward to in a year or two from now saying, you know, kicking back a few ones with the, with the with the boys watching the Bachelorette and saying, you know what, this we're going to go to Grin Gaming. We're going to play some uh, predictions really quick and we're going to we're going to prove each other wrong. You know, and just yeah, classic, classic, you know, basement, you know, uh, locker room talk for the boys. <laughs> for the most part, though, Nick, you, you knocked out every question that I, I, I threw at you. I, I really don't know what else to tell you other than, you know, visit GrinGaming.com. Check out the latest events and updates they have there. I mean, gaming, Grin Gaming Inc. on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, Grin Gaming Official on Instagram. Nick, if anybody wants to get in touch with you or they want to follow your latest endeavors with Grin Gaming and, you know, other, other uh, you know, uh, updates you've had on yourself what where can they do that can they follow you on like maybe is it linkedin is there a twitter account they can follow yeah just uh, hit me up on linkedin nick bucolaris uh it's uh nicolaris uh slash in slash n-i-c-k-e-l-e-r-e-s all right well nick uh thank you so much for coming on the show man i i, I greatly appreciate it you kind of given more insight into this this world of uh of uh, live time predictions and I, I, I honestly, I'm, I'm super intrigued. Maybe in a year from now, we'll have you back on the show, giving us your latest updates and breaking more news on uh, on Grin Gaming here on the Esports Network podcast. This has been great, Kevin. Thank you so much. And uh, 
I hope to talk to you again soon. Let's do it, man. He's uh, Nick Bucalaris, CEO, founder, CTO of Grin Gaming, and I'm Kevin Correa right here on the Esports Network Podcast. Yeah.